Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. <clears throat> Merry Christmas and may also wish you a happy and... Uh, Blessed New Year. This is um, one of the traditional programs for Amplify. Um, two of them are close uh, together. Um, Mike Aquilina and I, who's uh, uh, one of the uh, guests on my program more frequently than anyone else, uh, and I spent uh, early Christmas morning after the uh, live broadcast of a, of a mass uh, that KDKA carried. We got on the air about quarter to one, and... Uh, we're until five o'clock in the morning in the midst of uh, the storm that was going on. That's a story in and of itself, but that's not what this program uh, is about. And that was a special program. They built a special Amplify program. Well, tonight, I you have used this uh, for decades as a special program. Uh, the Sunday after Christmas, whenever that might fall, to reflect on what... Perhaps Mary and Joseph were saying to one another, what were they thinking uh, about? Because Christmas isn't over. So I have no problem wishing you a Merry Christmas. No problems wishing you a Happy New Year. Because in a very real sense, they, they are connected. The love of God that comes to us enables us to think about our own life and what are some of the changes that we need to make and that leads into the traditional, and we can do it in a spiritual way, uh, things we want to change in our life in the new year, um, intentions that we that we have. And uh, Mike and I reflected on the figures in the scene of Jesus' birth and, and the meaning of uh, his birth for us. Why would God send his Son into our world and in a sense, spiritually continues to do that in many ways insofar as it was done at a time when there was no no time. And so we we're going to share some stories of faith and imagination, reflect a little bit more on, on the scene of Jesus' birth because we believe that the meaning of Life is found and the power of love is felt most of all in the family. What, who was this? What was this holy family? And in my tradition, we celebrate 
today is the feast of of the Holy Family, and so it's an appropriate time for me to talk about it. I hope it is for you. Think about it, about how our greatest joys are are celebrated in the family. Certainly our deepest sorrows are also felt there. The family is the meeting place for the young and the old. Those varying generations uh, trying to understand one another. But as the family goes, so goes the neighborhood, the city, the country, and, and even the world. And so when family life is threatened, the world is threatened. The family is a community in which from childhood one can learn moral values. There's so much we can learn in the family. And it's also has been called a domestic church. It's a place where we can begin to honor God and make good use of our freedom. And so family life is kind of an initiation into life in society. In my tradition, St. John Chrysostom said that the home is the church in miniature. And the family has been called a domestic church. Can you view your your family as a kind of church? So that if all the places of worship were destroyed or their use forbidden, as has often happened in history in various places, the family would still remain the place where God would be remembered and God would be worshipped. And so, as we reflect on the human family, and may, may in some sense depress us because our families are often far from holy, often far from feeling much joy, because the tensions and pressures of modern life can take so much of our energy and attention that we find little time to grow in our love for God and in our love for one another. It takes time, demands patience, and a great deal of forgiveness. But the effort is worth it in the long run because it is in the family that we may most of all meet God. Certainly as a member of, of a family, we can say it is where we meet God. And becoming a disciple of Jesus means accepting the invitation to be an active part of God's family and to live in conformity with his way of life. What Jesus has come to teach us and continue to teach us. And so the first vocation of every Christian is to follow Jesus within a loving family. We've every reason to believe that the Holy Family was such a family. And of course, faith and imagination is the way in which I approach it and have done so for not from the very beginning of this program some 46 years ago, but um, certainly more than 40 years ago began telling stories of faith and imagination. 
believing that it is one of the important creative gifts given to us by God. What are the gifts that God has given to you this Christmas? Have you been too busy to look for them? Are you looking in the wrong place? Are you looking within yourself? Are you looking at a time when there is silence and your mind and your heart are open and not distracted in any way? Because God certainly has wanted you to know not only the gifts he's given to you this year, but the gifts he has given to you in the past. And so human intelligence depends on imagination. Imagination has inspired many great writers and composers and and painters, and without it, without imagination, our greatest works of sacred art would not exist. Some of those, those images that have the power to inspire us. So accompanied by faith, prayer, and meditation, faith, prayer, and meditation, imagination can help us to understand even the mind of God. It can accompany meditation as we visualize ourselves in a scene with Jesus as he is born, as we're asking you to do this evening, to look at that scene once more where Jesus is born and to listen to what Mary and Joseph may have been thinking about their newborn child and what had happened in leading leading up to it. And certainly such images fostered by imagination can bring us closer to God and help us to experience God in our everyday events. In our everyday events. We can find God. There isn't a day where we can't find God in so many different ways. And when that happens, as we come closer to God, we will feel hope as we face the new year. We have some reason to hope right now in terms of the vaccines that have been developed. But we need hope in many other areas also. Many things which God asks us to do, we may believe we're incapable of accomplishing, but nothing is impossible when we imagine doing them together with God. And so along with sight and smell and hearing, feeling and taste, all those things we think that make us human, imagination has been referred to as one of our important senses because it can open us up to the wonders of God's creation. And scientists are helping us to do that as we look into the sky and begin to imagine so much more. Even the possibility of life on other planets. We're open to the wonders of God's creation, including the wonder of our own being. I love the fact that Albert Einstein said that imagination is more important than knowledge. Imagine a man like that saying that imagination is more important than knowledge, and St. Thomas Aquinas speaks often of its power. And like all gifts we receive from God, imagination must be developed. The gifts we have must be developed, and we can improve them, we can create them, create their fullness 
by exercising them. And so imagination allows us to use what we already know, what has already been revealed to us to achieve greater understanding, greater depth and clarity and richness of some basic Christian truth without distorting it, not distorting it, but understanding it more fully. And that's not just on our effort because imagination is a power which flows from the soul through the grace of God's inspiration. It gives form to what we've experienced in the depths of our being. So much more to say about it, but let me begin with a, with a first story of imagination. An angel said, I do not understand. Why does Mary cry so hard so soon after her son's birth? Her tears seem to be composed of sorrow. She seems sorry rather than enjoy. And he stared at Mary, whose tears continued to fall upon Jesus as she held him lovingly in her arms. Can you see that? And you see, Mary, because most of us have held a child, a younger brother or sister, someone else's child, in our arms. But an older and wiser angel said, Shush, be quiet, and just watch. Perhaps Mary can already see within the gentle marks rubbed on his face during his birth the cruel and savage marks that will cover his body in death. We have no idea what the angels may have been showing her or saying to her. Just then, Joseph reached over and touched his son's hand, looked proudly, of course, into his eyes and said, I accept you and I love you as my son and you shall bear my name. And with tears still streaming from her eyes, Mary said, as gently as she could. No, no, Joseph, he shall be named Jesus. And sadness struck quickly and painfully at Joseph's heart. Who wouldn't want a son named after him? But with a firm and strong voice, Joseph said, So be it. His name shall be Jesus. But he didn't raise his eyes from Jesus, fearing Mary might see the disappointment and the tears that filled them. The smaller angel said to the larger angel, Is the child's mother giving him the correct name? After all, it is Joseph, Joseph who will raise him and provide for him. The older and wiser angel responded, It is the right name, the one he should be given. It shall be spoken many times upon the earth, in both good times and in bad times. I tell you this, when he begins to speak, people will remember his words. They will think often about his words. And the tears his mother sheds now will be nothing compared to those that will fall from her eyes when he dies. And that older angel began to sing. And one by one, other angels began to join him until a great chorus had formed, filling every corridor in the heavens with beautiful music. 
Its warmth reached the earth and filled Mary's heart, easing her sadness and pain, and she began to hum softly to her son. The clouds above the statue opened, the stable opened, and the stars seemed to sparkle and glow at the same time, bringing light into a world filled with so much darkness, the darkness of man's not caring about one another, not caring enough about God. Beautiful and powerful angel who had watched them from afar, but who had said nothing yet, appeared suddenly at the side of the two angels and said, The heavens cast their light upon him now, but he truly is the light of the world, a light that man will take long to fully understand. Spiritual darkness disperses at his sight and even at the mention of his name. And so, with imagination, we know that God continues to expand our understanding of the truth as man expends, extends his understanding of science. Imagination gives form to images of faith. It helps to form images of what we have not actually experienced. And so, imagination, then, is a path for creativity. It's faith that guides imagination and directs its creative efforts without controlling it. And so imagination should not be isolated from the powers of the heart and the powers of the mind. Imagination is a power that flows from the soul through the intellect and through the heart and the mind. And much intuition, intuition flows from it in the depths of our soul where the intellect and imagination unite in the life of the spirit. Both are images bathed with the light of faith. Imagination is an effort to give form to what has been experienced in the depths of our being. Faith and imagination will continue. Welcome back to uh, Amplify. Kind of a evening where we're telling stories, faith and imagination stories about the time when Jesus was born and what would what words may have been expressed between Joseph and and Mary. And what about the angels? Uh, first story I told had the angels involved, and the Bible reveals that angels are a part of our lives, and like like us, each of them is unique, but their nature is kind of obscure, as is the nature of God. But as an expression of God's goodness, angels show us how important we are to God. They provide us with guidance and our constant source of hope as they remind us of our intimate union with God. And certainly uh, a loving heart can see, can 
here can feel angels in the love of God as that love enters and leaves our heart. A story of faith and imagination. Joseph's wife lay fast asleep. The child was curled up close to her breast. It was a beautiful scene that filled Joseph with joy. But he still had some doubt in his heart. He knew he was not the father of this child, and yet he felt very close to and and much love for this woman, a woman he had taken as his wife, a woman who was very kind, who baked very good bread, who never seemed to complain, and who seemed pleased to be his wife. But then he remembered what she had told him, that she had not slept with a man, and how he had tried to believe her because she had never lied to him. But she was with child. Was it a dream, or did an angel truly come to him and say, and he quickly wiped that memory from his mind. He wondered what was so special about this woman who laid fast asleep with her child. She was no beauty. Many women were much prettier than she. She was not wealthy, but she was kind. What was so special about her? Why was she chosen? Were they all just dreaming? And then he looked down at the sleeping child and said, I only hope I can care for you and be with you when you need me. I don't understand what has happened, and I guess I never will. If you are so special, then why were you born in my family? But if you are special, I hope you will never look down on me, that you will respect me and be good to me, as I shall try to be good to you. And I pray that no one finds out who you are or how you were conceived. And then Joseph sat down and covered his shoulders with a shawl, for it was going to be a long night in the cave. But he was glad for its comfort because the animals seemed to keep them warm. The wind howled and the noise from the village filtered into the cave. He was pleased he had shelter and a coin for food. But then Jesus began to cry. He seemed to sigh. Joseph got up and looked at Mary who was so tired she did not hear her son. He bent down touched the child's lips and said, Speak no more. Be silent. Your mother must rest. I hope when your time comes and you begin to speak, they will listen to your words. I don't know why I say this. Maybe you are special. Like all children, you are special. Mary looked down at her sleeping child. There were tears in her eyes, and her face was lined with pain. What have I done? She asked herself. Lord, what what have I done? I know I did not know man. This seed was given to me, and I let it grow in my body. And now I have given birth. But to what? To whom? 
Why did the angel say he was special? What will he do? Will he hate me or will he love me for giving him birth? Who am I? Am I special? Her voice quivered in the stillness of the cave, and she looked down and arranged the cloth that covered the child. What have I done? She repeated again. I've given birth to a son. If he is so special, then why did he not come down directly from the heavens? Why was he born of a woman? And why was I chosen? What role will I play in this child's life? For I am a simple woman. She looked down at her hands and said, These hands will care for him. But if he is so special, will I do what is right? And then she started to weep uncontrollably. A lamb came to her and placed its head on her lap. Mary began to pet it. You are so soft, she said. You have no problems. You may even be used for sacrifice. And then she looked at her child and a terrible fear ran through her mind. Oh no, she said. Will my child be sacrificed? Could I bear to see his suffering and pain? And then she quickly added, I will not think such terrible thoughts, for he shall be like a god to our people. He shall, he, he, he shall in her heart. She knew this child would do much, and she hoped and prayed her heart would not be broken. Certainly we pray that our hearts aren't broken. There are many hopes that we have in life. We have hopes, certainly, for the new year that is to be. Wishing and hoping are often mistaken for one another, but they certainly are in no way uh, the same. They are, they, are, they are different from one another and yet related to one another. Wishing is rooted in vain dreams, in imagination and fantasy. Hope from a Christian perspective is rooted in faith. It happens in relationships with God and with others. Faith starts us off, but it is hope that keeps us going in almost any undertaking in life. And so hope is not an attempt to reassure ourselves as we find our way through a darkened alley. It's more than a vague assurance that everything will work out in the end or that good times are just around the corner. It can be extremely difficult to distinguish what we desperately want and what we truly need in life. So we may ask ourselves very questions. What do you hope for in heaven? What would make life perfect for you? Does something happen in your life involving God that has dramatically changed your life? Do you believe the world is facing a period of purification and that there are difficult times ahead? What are the questions you have that come not just from your mind, from your your heart. 
What role can or should the church play in a moral renewal of American society? Should we be talking more about responsibility than about rights? Have we become so caught up in self-gratification that we have lost sight of the supernatural? Why have people with strong religious convictions who work within the political process been labeled extremists? And the more we have, the less we seem to understand ourselves. Story of Faith and Imagination. Jesus sat, excuse me, Joseph, not Jesus. Joseph sat staring at the child. Why do you stare so much, Joseph? Mary asked. You look like you have never seen a child before. Come, hold your son and sing to him. So Joseph began to laugh and said, Mary, a man does not sing to his child, especially a male child. Mary replied, but he is special. Special in what way? Joseph asked. He eats like any other child, soils like any other child. Mary began to laugh and said, but... I know he is special. Joseph put his hand on Mary and said, Yes, he is. He is not my child, but I accept him as my child. What do you think, Mary? Why, why has this happened to you and to me? Have you ever wondered about it? Oh, yes, Mary said many times. When I carried him, I was very concerned. As my body grew, I felt guilty because he was not your child. Joseph said, at times, I also wondered. But now that he is here, I am pleased. Weren't you pleased when I carried the child, Mary asked? In many ways, I was not, Joseph answered. But when other men teased me, it made me feel good because we are so different in age. Mary said, Joseph, it doesn't matter. I love you. I love you too, Joseph said. And I know I'm going to love this child. I feel good about this child. And a son at that. Yes, Mary said, but they told us, didn't they, that it would be a male child. What do you think he's going to do, Joseph asked. You asked that before, Mary answered. I don't know, she said, but I only hope and pray that everyone will be pleased by his birth. With pride in his eyes, Joseph said, and they will think he is my son. Mary began to laugh and said, yes, the carpenter's son. Joseph sighed and said, yes, maybe he will build a new temple. Mary said, no. No, I think there is something a little more special for him to do. What could be more special than building the temple, Joseph asked. There's something very special about this child, Mary repeated again. Look, look, Joseph, look, Mary said. The child seemed to laugh. 
He is smiling at us, Joseph exclaimed. Mary smiled back at Joseph and said, I don't think he really sees us, my husband. I don't think he really sees us. But whatever, we will try to be good, loving, and caring parents. You shall teach him your trade, and I shall teach him to make bread and fetch water from the well. Then all at once, a shiver seemed to run through Joseph, and he said, Mary, do you realize this truly is a special child? He was given to us for a reason. But what burden lays on our shoulders? What are we to do? We can't tell anyone. What are we to do? Mary said, in time we will know. But I only hope and pray that he does not break my heart. My prayers exactly, Joseph said. My prayers exactly. What hopes do you have for yourself? What hopes do you have for those you love, for your friends, for members of, of your family? There are so many hopes that can fill our heart. A story of faith and imagination. The crowd in the inn was very noisy. Joseph was somewhat frightened at the way people were pushing and shoving one another. He entered the door to the inn and made his way through the crowd to a woman who was serving broth and bread. He said to her, I would like some of both. Shut up, a man said to him. I was here before you. The shoving and pushing continued. The stench was overpowering. But Joseph was determined to stay because Mary needed nourishment now. She had eaten the last piece of bread, and Joseph knew Mary needed to be strengthened by some food if she was to continue nursing her newborn son. He turned toward another man who was calling out, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, broth for the weary traveler, and said, My wife has given birth to a son. The man looked at him and said, What did you say? Joseph said again, My wife has given birth to a son. She is hungry, and I must get her some of this broth and bread. The woman who was pouring out the broth into the bowls called out, The broth and the bread are only for those staying at the inn. You are not staying in the inn. You are not staying here. Get out. Get out. The man Joseph spoke to looked at the woman and said, I'll share my bread and my broth with him because his wife has just given birth to a son. The woman began to laugh and laugh more and more, and cackle even as she handed the food to him. And Joseph and the man pushed and weaved their way out of the large room. Joseph was grateful for the man's kindness and generosity. He was much younger than Joseph, who did not know if the man obtained 
the food because his voice was strong or because he had slipped an extra coin to the woman. The two of them entered the cave where Mary and her child lay. Even the animals appeared to be attentive to them. Joseph said proudly, This is my wife and this is my child. Mary began to rise, but the man quickly said to her, So, do do not get up, do not get up. I wish only to see the child. Rest, you need rest. I'm sure you are tired. But Mary slowly and carefully removed the veil covering Jesus' face. This is my son, our son, she said. The man asked at what time the child had been born. After Joseph told him, the man got up and walked away saying, I will be back. I'll, I'll be back. Mary really enjoyed the hot broth and the fresh bread. When the man returned, he had bread, oil, and wine in his hands. This, he said, is a gift from me to you. But I shall also give you another gift. I tell you this, your son shall be well known throughout the world. Joseph looked at Mary as the man continued speaking. Woman, woman, there was fear in you when you conceived this child. Fear when you brought him into the world. There will be even more fear when he leaves your arms and begins his journey through this life. You have brought forth a son, a son whom they shall acclaim as the Mighty One. His word shall be filled with strength and his deeds with kindness and caring. He looked down at the child's hands, began to slowly stoke them, and said, These are healing hands. He was born under the sign of an important and revealing star. Many have waited for this child. He looked at Joseph and said, My friend, I do not know you, and you do not know me. But I tell you, repeat to no one else what I tell you. Do not stay here too long, for your child must live. Then he looked at Mary and said, Woman, woman, remember my words. Your tears will be many, but without this child, there would be no hope for mankind. Joseph said, How do you know this? The man answered, I have read it in the stars, and I have seen it in his hands and face. I have not come by chance. I was led here. I was led by the message of the stars. Tears began to roll slowly from the man's eyes and to fall on his sun-backed, weathered face, and he said, Peace, my friends, peace. Peace. 